nobody understands you. They don't know why you keep your back to the wall. Can't sleep at night because you live with the enemy. You don't fear death because you already been to hell and back. No friends, but who needs it? You got time Okay then. <laughs> How y'all like that uh, new intro? Make me want to get back on the mic and start rapping again. <laughs> Anyways, it's episode number four. Welcome back. So, hope y'all enjoyed the story on the last podcast, but I think it's probably time for us to address some of the deeper issues and uh, take a moment on this episode to talk about some of the day-to-day problems we have dealing with the past that that we dealt with and and growing up the way we did and um, just dealing with things that are day-to-day stresses for other people that for us maybe seem minuscule like there's just nothing because of what we've been through um, I know myself when you're dealing with you know we all got these dark demons dealing most of us are dealing with PTSD um when you're going to work you're going to your regular day job and it's you know it could be anything from doing janitorial work all the way up you know to some kind of corporate position and when people are stressing about the most simplest thing, you know, oh, you were 10 minutes late on this deadline, or you were supposed to dump this trash can, you know, replace this light bulb, like whatever your job is, and they're making the biggest deal about it. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, this bullshit, this small little bullshit, like all the things I went through, like, you know, I lived in a house with no power for three months. It was homeless living in a car for this long, that long, whatever. And then these people are making this huge deal, sometimes almost in tears. You were 10 minutes late turning in this paperwork. And you got to just look at them in the face and pretend like it's a big deal with them. You just got to do this imaginary dance where uh, you're, you're pretending, you know, putting on this show for work of, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know that this is really important. And in the back of our minds, we know that on a normal scale for people who, and I hate even using the word normal, but, you know, this is just, just the way it is to make it better understood. But for everyone else in the world who didn't grow up, you know, with all this crazy trauma, you know, to them, that that's a stressful situation. And we just have to learn to take a deep breath calm the fuck down and realize this is this is a big problem for them and just try to address the issue as it is and you know I just 
wanted to put some words of encouragement out there to let people know that, hey, I understand you. And I go through it myself. You know, we have to just take a moment. And like I said, just take it, take a deep breath, realize for this person in front of you, this is this is a big deal. And we got to figure out a way to fix it and move on. You know, this is our day job. Got to pay the bills, do what you do. It's not the time to explode, get upset. It's not the time to make a, you know, make a scene. It's so easy to make a scene. And, you know, we got to make sure you have your priorities straight. Think about your bills, think about your family and all that stuff. And and just put your pride aside because pride can definitely get us into some trouble. So, you know, yeah, well, I just wanted to talk about like different exercises you can go through because there, there's so many different scenarios depending on what your your trauma is and, and the things that you had to deal with you might be dealing with different types of issues but just for example you know one of the things that I had issues with and I still have issues with to this day let's be honest you never you never get over your trauma but the for me my main thing was having my, my back you know, exposed to a room. And, you know, just like I put in the intro, you know, like people don't understand why my back has to always be to a wall. And I struggled with this for so long to the point where it ruined like dates when I would try to go out with women because I would refuse to sit at a table that was in the middle of a restaurant or near a window even. Like I had to be hidden in the deepest, darkest part of the restaurant. I don't care how nice it was. If it was a Denny's, like whatever it was, I could not have my back to the room. And I, even if it was into the wall, like I said, if I was near a window, I didn't like any of that either. And I don't even care to go into the reasons why, but this is still a huge issue for me. But I have gotten to a point where I can do it now. It took me probably, I'm not even exaggerating, probably took me 15 years to finally get to a point where I can do this. And what I had to do was I had to initiate, you know, I had, I had to put myself in that position where I was uncomfortable and just deal with it in an environment where I could work on it on myself. So, so I wasn't in a public space and it started at home. So basically what I would do to try to work on this was, you know, in my home, that's the safest place you can be. So if you're going to work on any kind of exercise dealing, you know, with some kind of PTSD that you got going on, I would suggest starting at home where you feel safe, even though, let's be honest, none of us really feel safe because we're all always walking around thinking about, you know, danger in every corner. But for me, I would sit at home. I would have my back to the window, you know, facing outside in the front of the house. And as crazy as that sounds to people who they, that's just a normal thing for some people. They can sit with their back anywhere. But for me, I was, I was sweating bullets. You know, I would, I would sit the TV up or be on, you know, the phone or whatever it was, but I would have my back to that window facing the front of the house. And I would do it in maybe, you know, five, 10 minute increments, whatever I could stand. And of course, I'm sitting there turning, looking around my, my shoulder, like every five seconds. I finally 
uh, couldn't even stand that anymore. So what I ended up doing was I put a mirror up on the wall and I was constantly looking in the mirror, watching behind myself. And I can't even remember how long it took, you know, months, uh, whatever, where I could finally do it without the mirror. Um, And this is something, again, I just, I feel like vulnerable and silly for even talking about. But if anybody's going to understand that, it's the types of people that are listening to this podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and make myself vulnerable and and tell you all (laughs) about me having to watch myself behind my back in the mirror. Um, so So for me, I was working on this because I wanted to, you know, be able to go on dates and not, you know, make who, you know, eventually became my wife. I didn't want to make her upset and uncomfortable about the ways that I needed to sit and and make awkward date nights. Um, so eventually I got to the point where I didn't need the mirror and I would just listen. You know, I would, every single time I heard, you know, something outside, whether it was a car or whatever, then I would turn, of course. But um, then it got to the point where I could finally go out into public places. And I would mostly work on these things at work. Um, every morning at work, we have these little get-togethers where the crew talks about things going on in the day. And normally, I would again, I would always find the corner. I would stand in the corner. And even if there was room to sit at a table somewhere, if my back was exposed, I would refuse to sit at the table. I would make up some bullshit excuse because trying to explain to people why you can't sit a certain way or stand in a certain place is just, you know, nobody wants to go into that. I I know I don't like explaining my past to every single person, and then they just, they give you that weird look of, you know, I'm sorry you had to go through that, or, you know, they don't know all the bullshit, so they just, they try their best um, or, you know, occasionally they will have their own story, but, you know, those are conversations that are too long for work. Um, so eventually, um, what I would do is I would challenge myself. I would say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit in that chair. I'm going to have my back to the wall or, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to have my back exposed, but it's going to be exposed to people that I've been working with every day for many, many years Nobody, I have to keep telling my place, to keep telling myself that no one is here to hurt me. It's okay for me to sit in this space. So as difficult as it was, I would sit there. I would talk with my coworkers and go over things for the day. The entire time, stressing the hell out. Um, my brain would be elsewhere. Yes, I would have to keep telling them to repeat themselves and, and say, I didn't hear that. Can you go over that again? Because, my again, my brain is just keeps thinking what's going on behind me. Uh, and, again, there's no fix. I'm, I'm still not fixed. And I, I think that's okay because I found enough strength to put myself in those vulnerable situations. And, you know, I'm, I'm functioning. And that's what all the healing is about. You know, we always, we have our emotional, our emotional damage, our scars, but just like on your body, you know, you might have uh, something happen to you and, and your wound will heal, but you'll still have a scar. And that happens emotionally as well. You know, I'm, I'm able to toughen up and 
get through the day and function and, and appear as a normal human being. But I still got those emotional scars, so it still hurts a little bit. It's difficult, but I'm doing it. And that is a huge step forward because I used to never even be able to even just the idea of sitting in the middle of a room where I can't see behind me would, I mean, pretty much it would give me nightmares, really, to be if I'm being honest. Uh, I don't like to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, it would stress me out that much. Um, so, you know, that's a short example of one of many things I'm working on to this day, but I was able to actually, uh, make an achievement and hit a goal and function and go, we can go on dates now. Me and my wife can go on dates and she knows that sitting in certain areas bothers me. She's, she's aware of it. She'll always say, you know, is it okay that we're sitting here? And I, I say, yeah, it's fine. Um, and she can tell my mind is distracted why we're eating and stuff like that. And sometimes she'll bring it up again. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, because I want to continue to, you know, continue healing. I want to get stronger. Uh, maybe one day I'll actually be able to go into a room and not even think about it. That would be amazing. Uh, so depending on what your, you know, your trauma was, I would just, like I said, I would encourage you to work on it at home. If it's, uh, you know, even if you had something that wasn't dealing with a childhood trauma, maybe you had a really bad car accident and you just refuse to, you know, get into a car now. I mean, you could do something as simple as, you know, you have the, the car in the driveway or the garage and you could just maybe sit on the hood and sit on your cell phone, some, something that's going to distract your mind, but you're in the environment of the, the vehicle. And then eventually you could sit in the seat and lead your way up to the car being started and idling. Uh, there's just small steps to take no matter what you're dealing with. There's so many different branches of this tree of PTSD that it's, there's not one fix for any one person, but I just wanted to kind of put the idea in your mind of things that you could do. And, uh, again, I'm still, I see, I see downloads. I see people interacting um, everyone is still not sharing anything on the, uh, on the emails, but I would en encourage you to get on that. So, um, you know, we can share some other stories or maybe I can just give my op opinion on something if you care about that, cause you're still listening. So you must care a little bit or, you know, maybe you just want to keep listening. There's nothing wrong with that either. Um, sometimes just listening to someone else's issues and that they're dealing with the same struggles as you is, is something that helps you feel better. And that's okay too. Um, we're all here to, you know, help support each other and, and get through the day. Um, I am, you know, kind of short on time today because I have so much going on, but I wanted to, you know, do something a little new, uh, focusing on this. And also I think it's, uh, Let's take a moment and try a new segment where we listen to uh, what I like to call one-minute motivation. One minute of motivation. We're still working on the title, but we'll get it. Here we go. 
people have this reoccurring nightmare that there's some thing, some force that's got a hold of them and it's holding them down and they can't break free. No matter what they do, they can't break free from that force. Well, I'm here to tell you that that thing in your nightmare, that thing that's holding you back, that thing that's dragging you down, that thing is you. There are two fundamental attitudes toward life and its sorrows. Those with the first attitude blame the world. Those with the second ask what they could do differently. It's much easier and much more gratifying to your basest desires to blame someone else for your misery. You know what's so funny? We want people to make guarantees to us, but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. And that's the problem with some of you. You always want to blame other people. You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50%? What's wrong with you? You need to put yourself on punishment. You need to tell you no more TV, no more snacks, no more desserts. No, we working out now. You need to tell you that you owe you something. Every day I demand more from myself than anybody else could humanly expect. I'm not competing with somebody else. I'm competing with what I'm capable of. My number one competition is me. It's always you versus you. You gotta be the one to get up every morning, be disciplined, put in the consistent daily hard work because that gains success. No coach, no trainer, no mentor, no boss can do it. You versus you. I value myself enough to give 120% or don't do it. There is no excuse for not living up to your fullest potential. No excuse. You walk out of this room, you owe yourself. I didn't get here making excuses. What changed? I changed. And I stopped being a victim. I stopped saying, I've got to wait for good things to happen to me. And I said, I'm going to ride. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day to become a victor and not a victim. Why? Because I owe it to myself. Can't nobody stop me but me. Okay, so that was an awesome little clip of a of a video called You Versus You. Uh, thank you to Ben Lionel Scott for posting that. And, you know, there's a lot of a truth in there. Uh, hopefully that will touch a couple of you and give you that motivational, that motivational shit that you need to hear right now. Um, anyways... Like I said, today is going to be short and sweet. I apologize for that, but I do have some more music for you to enjoy on the outro. If you know any artists, again, go ahead and tell them, send them music. We can go ahead and feature that on our outros. All information for the artists uh, is going to be in our show description. Uh, please continue to share and like. Appreciate every single one of y'all. Stay strong. Uh, you got this, you know. Um, all this shit that we've been through, we're stronger for it. And don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. So much love for listening. And uh, I will talk to you later. Sky's the limit. Next level. And I ain't got no See, I'm out here making memories.
ten, especially when five of them is trying to see the end of me. I ain't got no time for no enemies. I ain't got no time for no enemies. One real friend is better than ten, especially when five of them is trying to see the end of me. I'm from that state with the city where they drop the ball. No lean in my cup, just alcohol. So rock on me, man. I'm lit, make them shit. They draws. I ain't a sometimes shit. I always spit like hard. See, I never walk it out. Always whip them cars. Lex and kill it. Must have been a different broad. I turn them ones to twos and twos to foes. Ain't trying to make it to the top and lose it all. And they stay coming at me. All they do is fall. Spit, sing, write, bitch. I do it all. I slay in the booth. Practice till they say I'm the truth. Making money feel like deja vu. I Got you all like truth. You see what I'm trying to do. Test that for a feature, that's a rhyme or two. Spending money with my people, that's what I'm gonna do. And I ain't feeling with the drama, do. See, I be in the cut, getting paper later, throw it up. Pull the jack to the curb, be like, oh, what's up? I shine on my haters like swing on the ground for my paper. Ride with me, or you catching the vapors. See, I'm out here making memories. I ain't got no time for no enemies. One real friend is better than ten, especially when five of them is trying to Exit.